Hello and welcome to CF Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and visit cfmiami.org connect to fill out a connection card. This helps us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now Pastor Rick is going to begin our new series called The Single Life. Let's listen in. But listen to what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. It says, and, what's that next word? An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Verse 34, an unmarried woman is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Well, everybody grab a seat, and I want to set this up today by taking us back to that old hymn that we just sang. Don't you love those old hymns? And that one is called Blessed, what? Assurance. Assurance. Jesus is mine. And the lyrics go like this. Now, I want you to help me sing this, because if you don't, and I end up singing by myself, the doors are going to fly open, and you're going to vacate this building. So help me out. Here's how the lyrics go. It goes like this. Blessed assurance. Yeah. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Don't you love this? Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Sing this loud like you mean it. This is my story. Yeah, Eric, stop right there and say, this is my story. Everybody say, this is my story. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, folks, through the years, I have always thought of that song as very special. And that, that single line in that song, this is my story, always reminds me of this great truth. My life is my story. This is my story. Your life is your story. This is your story. And every day we are writing our story, like writing a book, like writing a book filled with chapters. And get this, your story begins the day of your birth, and your story will end the day you die. But right now, every day, You are writing stories. You are writing chapters in your story. This is your story. And folks, here's what I love, love, love. If you are a Christian, if you are a Christ follower, listen, your story is the story of you and God. In other words, you are writing your story into his story. You're writing your little story into God's big story. You're writing your time story into God's timeless story. And here's what that means. You have the opportunity to write a great story. You have the chance right now to live a great story. And folks, here's what that line 
This is my story. Here's what that line has taught me through the years. In our stories, there will be many chapters. Amen? In your story and in my story, there will be different chapters. But check this out. Every chapter matters. Every chapter of your story matters to God, and every chapter of your story should matter to you. Think about it. In your story, there are going to be chapters of gain, and there are going to be chapters of loss. There are going to be chapters of peace, and there are going to be chapters of great conflict in your story. There are going to be chapters of ease, and there are going to be chapters that are challenging. There are going to be mountaintop challenges, and there are going to be deep valley chapters of your story. But never forget this. In the eyes of God, every chapter is a chapter of your story. And what God wants you to do is God wants you to leverage every chapter, especially, listen to this, especially the chapters that are challenging. God wants you to leverage those challenging chapters so that your story moves from just a good story to a great story. In fact, that's what makes a great story, isn't it? I mean, think about it. Great stories are not stories that are devoid of conflict. Great stories are not stories that are devoid of challenges. In fact, the challenge is what makes the story great, isn't it? It's the the challenge faced by the character in the story that keeps you turning the pages of the story. Transverse, you show me a person whose story is a story of ease and comfort and cozy living and never faces a challenge, never faces a conflict. And I'll show you a person who is living a boring story. Amen? Get it? It is the stories where the character faces conflict, yes, but leverages that conflict to do something great. The great stories are those stories where there are chapters of deep valleys, but the main character leverages those deep valleys to do something great with his story. Those are the chapters that keep you turning the pages, and listen, 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 those are the kinds of stories that we love, love, love to read. And yet... When it comes to our own story, we often want to write the conflict out of the story. When it comes to our own story, we often want to write the challenges of our story out of the story. Or at the very minimum, we want to get past those chapters that are challenging. And folks, I say all of that because, listen, that is the very mindset of a lot of single people. They want to get past the challenge of the single life, and they want to get to the married chapters of their story. And listen, listen, I totally get it. Because the single life can be very, very challenging. 
especially in the culture that we live in, especially in the day that we live in, being a single person can be very challenging. There's the challenge of being lonely. There's the challenge of lust. There is the challenge of of trying to find somebody out there in this sea of people that you would want to spend your lifetime with. Those are very, very big challenges. But folks, that being said, here's my proposition. Being single can be the best chapter in your story. In fact, being single can be the chapter of your story that moves your story from just being a good story that drives it to being a great, great story. And you might be saying, Rick, how in the world could my single life be the part of my story that makes my story great? Some of you who are single, you may be thinking, I, I, think, I think this part of my story stinks. <laughs> I want to get past it. How could it possibly be a great part of my story? Well, we're going to find out today as we open the pages of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. How many of you have your listening guides with you today at all of our campuses? Wave those in the air. If you're a guest with us for the first time, we like to take notes. This is one of those <laughs> that you definitely want to take notes on. So here we go. I'm going to give you two major thoughts today. Number one, being single is a chapter in your story. Being single is a chapter in your story. Now, with that in mind, let's pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 7 in verse 7. Watch what the Bible says. Paul the apostle says, I wish that all of you were as I am. But of each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. You say, Rick, but what gift is, is it talking about here? Well, listen to verse 9. The Bible tells us. Now to the, to the who? Everybody say it like you mean it. Yeah, to the unmarried. Now stop right there. Because God is speaking here. Through the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God, Paul is writing this as he's being dominated and controlled by God so that he writes exactly what God wants him to write. But through the Apostle Apostle Paul, God is writing to those of you that he deems as being unmarried. Or to put it in the vernacular of the series, God is writing to those of you who are single. In other words, you're the one that your Facebook status says, single. And here's what God wants you to know, crack off the bat. This is so important. Being single, listen, listen, is a chapter in your story. In other words, it's not the story of your life, of your story, but it is a chapter in your story. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible does teach that some people are called by God to be single. And by that, that means they are called by God to a lifetime of being single. And make no mistake about it, that is a very special calling on someone's life. And you might be asking, well, Rick, how how would I know if I'm called to be single? How would I know that? Well, the answer is very simple. Ask yourself this question. 
do I want to be married? Do I have a desire to be married? Or do I have a desire to stay single the rest of my life? Because listen, if you answered, no, no, I have a desire to be married. I want to get married. Then listen, you're probably not called to be single. Because the callings of God are typically manifest by passion, by desire. In other words, God calls us to do something, and the calling is this desire, this passion to do it. God's not going to call you to do something that you don't want to do. In fact, did you know the calling of a pastor is marked by desire? The Bible says if any man, any man desires the office of of being a pastor. You know, sometimes I'll hear a, a pastor say, I didn't want to go into the ministry. God just beat me down till I surrendered for the ministry. How many of you ever heard? Of? I surrendered. Listen, I want to say to that guy, hey, I don't think you were called because the calling is desire. And listen, if God has called you to be single, you're going to have a desire to be single. But if you have a desire to be married, then you need to pursue a spouse. <laughs> You need to find a spouse, and we're going to talk more about that next time. But folks, all of that being said, being single is a chapter of your story. And for some of you, it may be several chapters of your story. But here's the point. Never underestimate the impact that that single chapter can have. Because write this down as A and B. This is so important. A, the single chapters in your story matter to God. They may not matter to you right now. You may not think they matter, but they matter to God. Example in point, listen to verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 7. He says, now to the what? Unmarried. Now stop right there because this is significant. Because God devotes an entire chapter of the Bible to the single chapter of your life. In other words, God devotes a lot of ink, if you will, to this single chapter of your life, of our lives. You say, meaning what? Meaning this is not a chapter you want to write out of the story. This is a significant chapter. God cares about it. God wrote about it. This is not a chapter of your story that you want to rush through to, to get to some imaginary destination called marriage. Which, by the way, is what a lot of single people want to do. You know, for those of you who have been single for a long time, you, you know, you may be thinking, enough of this chapter. I want to get married. I want to find a mate. I want to have sex. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I get that. And here, what's more, so does God. <laughs> but here's the point. Here's what God doesn't want you to do. God does not want you to miss the potential that is in this chapter of your life simply because you were trying to rush through it again to get to some imaginary destination that you think called marriage. Some of you are divorced. You've been married, now you find yourself divorced and you're back in that single status. And you find yourself lonely. 
And there may be something in you that's tempted to hurry through this single chapter of your life and to find another mate. And what about the person who, those of you who are married for decades and your spouse died and now you find yourself single again, only this time you're single and old. <laughs> right? And, and you, here's what you're thinking. You're thinking, you're thinking this chapter in my life has no purpose. You're thinking to yourself, this chapter in my life has no meaning. It has no significance. Listen, wherever you are in this single life and whatever you're thinking about it that's like that, here's what God wants you to know about this chapter. Write this down as B. So important. Being single is a gift, is a gift from God. Hang in there, hang in there to you. Some of you are going, no, it's not. <laughs> Listen to what Paul says. I wish that all of you were as I am. Paul was single at this time. Watch this. But each of you has his own. Come on. Yeah, gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. You say, what's he talking about? What's the gift? Verse 9. Now to the unmarried. Translation. Being single is a what? It's a gift from God. In fact, the word gift there is a translation of the Greek word charisma. I always tell you, your New Testament part of your Bible was originally written in Koine Greek, translated to English, Spanish, French, whatever. That word gift is the Greek word charisma. And it means more than just receiving a gift. It means to receive God's favor. It is the gift of God's favor on your life. In other words, if you're single, listen, this is a chapter when God has given you a gift, and it's a favorable gift. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, can I, can I exchange the gift? <laughs> Can, you know, can I do the Walmart thing? Can I take it back? Can I do the after Christmas? Can, you know, can I take my gift back? Because I want to I change it for the gift of marriage. And folks, don't get me wrong. Marriage is an amazing gift from God. I've been married 41 years. Yeah, and loved every part of it. But let me hasten to add this. I also loved every part of my single life when I was single. I loved that chapter just as much as I love this chapter. And folks, here, here is what makes being single so advantageous. Write this down as C. This is so important. Being single is an opportunity, not an obstacle. Being single is an opportunity, not an obstacle. Listen to verse 34. God says, I am saying this for your own. Say it with me. Good. Everybody say good. good. In other words, God wants you to see this single chapter not as a bad chapter, not as a purposeless chapter, not as a meaningless chapter, but God wants you to see this as a good chapter in your story. 
God wants you to see this chapter not as an obstacle that you need to overcome, but as an opportunity that you need to leverage. And here's what makes being single, listen to this, folks, so advantageous. I want you to write this down as little one and little two. This is so important. The single chapter of your story is a chapter of what? Everybody say it. Yeah, freedom. Freedom. I think of that line in Braveheart. Freedom! (laughs) Listen to verse 32. I would like you to be, everybody say the next word. Free. Free. From what? From concern. Now, thinking cap's on. Because the word concern there is an interesting word. It's a translation of the compound Greek word a-merinos. And you can think of it like this. Merinos means to have concern. It carries the idea of responsibility. The prefix ah in the Greek negates what follows. So ah marinos means not to be weighed down by concern, not to have your life cluttered with responsibility. You say, meaning what? Meaning, listen, this is a chapter or chapters of your life where you are free, you are mobile. This is a chapter in your life that is like a huge window of opportunity. And listen, you can do things now. And you can try things now and experiment in your life now and do things in your life now. Huge windows of opportunity. You're very mobile. But I'm telling you, when you, once you get married, that's it. All of that freedom Gone. All of that mobility, gone. And what comes into place? Responsibilities and concerns. You don't believe me? Listen to what God says, verse 33. A married man is, say it like you mean it. He's concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please God. Is that what it says? How he can please who? Oh, yeah, listen to verse 34. A married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please God. Uh, How she can please her husband. You see the responsibility that comes with marriage? You see the restrictions that sort of come with marriage? Tell you what, hold that thought, write this down as number two. The single chapter of your story is a chapter of focus. I had no idea this was going to be so much fun. <laughs> I've been, I was sort of dreading this. Oh, Lord, help me. What am I going to say? Listen to verse 2. I'll let God say it. Listen to this. Verse 2. The single chapter of your story is a chapter of focus. Listen to verse 33. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are what? Divided. His interests are split. The point is this, as a single, this is a chapter when you can laser focus your interests. And primarily, laser focus your interest on God. But folks, not just your interest in God. 
but also your interest in the things of the world, the things that you're interested in. This is a chapter where you can explore. This is a chapter where you can learn. This is a chapter where you can grow. This is a chapter when you can try new experiences, good experiences, but try new things that you're interested in. By the way, a person who has no interests is an uninteresting person. You know, he can only look at you so long and go, you're so cute, you're so pretty, your hair looks so good. You know, eventually he's going to say, what else you got? Is there any other fa facet of your life? There's only so long that she can look at you and say, you're so buffed, you're so handsome. Eventually it's going to be, what else is there about you? I'm telling you, this single chapter is when you have the freedom now to explore, to learn, to grow. But for so many singles, they want to run past this chapter, again, to some imaginary destination called marriage. And then they're shocked <laughs> at how restrictive <laughs> it is. So write this down as number two, singles. Leverage this single chapter with all your might. And I want to give you two ways to leverage it. Write these down as A and B. Focus on becoming a whole person now. And I say that because so many singles view themselves as a fraction of a person. They view themselves as half a person waiting on another person who's half a person to make them whole. Stop it. Let me give you a news flash. If you are not complete as a single, nobody you marry is going to make you complete. If you're not whole as a single, no person you're going to marry is going to make you whole. Not only that, if you're not happy now as a single, I'm telling you, nobody you're going to marry is going to make you happy. It takes a happy you to make a happy marriage. Nobody can carry you through this life. Nobody can carry you to make you feel meaningful and hopeful and like you have significant. Nobody can carry you. You know, we see, the, we see the, the, the groom carry the bride across the threshold. But folks, at some point, he puts her down. <laughs> Girl, you, you're too heavy for me to carry the rest of my life. Dude, you're too heavy for me to carry the rest of your life. Can't do it. Listen, when you see somebody... And we're going to talk about this next week, you know, in that dating world. When you see somebody who's looking for somebody to carry them, who's looking for somebody to complete them, for somebody to make them happy, for somebody to make them whole, let me tell you something. That person's not looking for a spouse. They're looking for a savior. Amen. And they're going to be hugely disappointed when they figure out that that person cannot save them. Cannot make them whole, cannot make them complete, cannot make them happy, cannot carry them for the rest of their life, and their disappointment then is going to sabotage that relationship. 
But listen, here's what I love, love, love. Your relationship with God, he's the one who can make you whole. He's the one who can make you complete. He is the one who can satisfy the deepest longings of your body, your soul, and your spirit. In fact, listen to what 1 Thessalonians says, one of my favorite verses. It says, may God himself, how specific could you get? May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you, how? Through and through. Watch this. May your, what's that next word, key word? May your whole, this is your whole person, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Listen, listen. God alone, Christ alone, can give you a relationship that can satisfy your deepest longings, to the depths of your soul, to the depths of your spirit. And listen, when God satisfies you, this is so important, now you're no longer needy. Now you're no longer clutching that person. Oh, please make me happy. Don't ever leave me. Because if you leave me, it's over. I'm telling you, when you clutch somebody like that, their natural tendency is to push back, right? Nobody wants to be smothered. Nobody wants to carry you. One of the things I love so much about my relationship with Rhonda is Rhonda has such a deep relationship with God that she's not looking for me to make her whole. She's not looking for, she's not clutching me. And I have such a relationship with God that I'm not looking to her to fulfill my needs. And what that does is it frees us up to love each other. Just to love each other. Not, oh my God, I can't make it if something happens to you, I'll just die. I'm telling you, that kind of person smothers people. And you don't want to do that. You know, I, I was thinking back this week when, when my youngest daughter, Rebecca, was about 12. And she came to me one day, I, I remember it like it's yesterday, because I was sitting on the front porch at her house. We were living in the Carolinas at that time. And she came out and she said, Dad, she said, all of my friends have boyfriends. Jessica has a boyfriend. Taylor has a boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend. And I remember saying to her, well, honey, they're coming soon enough. They're going to show up soon enough. But I told her, I said, honey, why don't you take this time right now, or to put it in the vernacular, this chapter of your life, when there's no boy crowding you, and use this time to deepen your relationship with God. Because if you'll deepen your relationship with God, what you'll find is you won't need one of those boys. You won't have to have one of those boys. You'll be free to have one, but you won't need them. And that's what I want to challenge all of us to do, not just our singles, but all of us. Deepen our relationship with God so that we're not clinging to somebody to fulfill us or to make us whole. Quickly, write this down as B. Focus on the Lord's affairs. He says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's what? Affairs. In other words, take this chapter now while you're single and focus on God's affairs. By the way, God's affairs has to do with God's mission. It's the mission of this church. We want to bring people who are far away from God into a close relationship with God. Listen, singles, you have talents. 
You have abilities. You have giftings that God has given you. And as a single, like, like no one else, you have the freedom. You have the mobility to go and do things for God that once you get married, that door, that door is not so wide open. I remember when I was single, when I was 19, I was at a, at a church that met in a schoolhouse, and, and I got a bus. I could do this. I had, I, was single. I had a bus. I got a bus, a school bus, and I started just picking up kids in these neighborhoods. I would just ride the bus through there, visit them on Saturday, pick them, and take them to church. I remember one time, big bus, but I had 94 kids on a school bus one time. <laughs> Probably illegal, but man, was I ever trying to get... There's that freedom. And so what I'm saying to you is a single... This is a chapter when you can do powerful things for God, great things for God. Don't try to jump past it. We're going to talk about finding a mate. I want you to fight to find a mate. Find that person, but don't jump over this chapter. I want to close with a great story. Not great in the eyes of men, but great in the eyes of God. Let me set it up for you because... About 22 years ago, I took a trip, a mission trip with Wycliffe Bible translators into a remote jungle in the Amazon, South America. In fact, this jungle was so remote that we had to land in a specially designed plane that could come in over the treetops at about 35 miles per hour, that slow, big flaps and drop down onto an airstrip not much bigger than our auditoriums, just grass and come to a stop. Now listen, once we landed in that remote jungle, there was a tribe of people there, a small tribe of people, several thousand, who had never been exposed to modern civilization. They had never read a Bible, never seen a Bible, and they had never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They'd never heard that God loves them until, until these two young single girls came to their village. These two single girls were basically dropped into that village. And their first mission was not to get killed, literally. Because they had no way of communicating to this tribe. They did not know their language. Their language was not written down. It was only spoken. They were the only ones, several thousand in this, that spoke whatever language this was. So their first task was just to get there and not get killed. And by the grace of God, this tribe accepted these two single girls. And from there, they went to work trying to learn the language of this tribe of people. And once they learned it, which took two years, they said, to figure it out, then they went to work putting that language into writing. They had never had a written language of their, their language. They wrote it down. And then after that, they started a work that took 35 years of their life of translating the Bible, the New Testament, into their language. I'll never meet, forget meeting those two ladies, one of them was on her deathbed. They were old at this time. They had been there since they were around, I think, 18, 17, 18. But they had translated the Bible 
And she said the first book that they translated of the Bible, they were all in spiral bound notebooks like this. And she brought them all out. And she said the Gospel of Luke was the first book of the Bible we translated for them. And they sent it back to Wycliffe. They printed it off. And they gave everybody in that tribe, in their language, a copy of the Gospel of Luke. And from there, they continued to work until about the time we had gotten there, they had translated every book in the New Testament into their language. Neither of those ladies had ever been married. And again, one of them was on her deathbed. She had cancer when we got there. But think about this. Because they were single, they were able to do something that would that a married person would be hard-pressed to do. Could you imagine being dropped into a situation like that? Even, you know, with children, could you imagine that? It would be nearly impossible. Even with a mate, it would be difficult because you'd be worried. All they had to worry about was not dying themselves. All they had to worry about was their self. And because of that, because they leveraged that single chapter, and man, did they ever leverage it. Because they just stayed there as single women. And translated that Bible. Not only that, they started school for these children. And I remember as we were walking through the jungle, there were these trees in this jungle, heavily wooded, and they had built floors like rooms, just no cover, just floors in these trees. And we would walk by and you'd see a classroom. There'd be a teacher in there teaching them to read, to write, to do arithmetic. These kids, these two singles had bought all of that to these people. They leveraged their single life. You say, Rick, it's so sad that they never got married. It's so sad that they never had children. Listen, both of them are, have died. They are now in heaven with God. Can you imagine the rewards that God is going to give and has given to these two girls because they invested, their, leveraged their single life for the glory of God. Listen. You're writing your story. It's going to end. It's going to end. I love that little line. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Singles, leverage this chapter for all it's worth. For those of you who have never been married, hang in there. But leverage this chapter. For those of you who have divorced and lonely, hang in there. But leverage this chapter. For those of you who are widows, don't waste this final chapter. Run hard. In fact, here's here's some, some widows that show up every Friday and put together all the folders for all of our campuses. They're doing something very meaningful. Isn't that amazing? Listen, let's do all we can in this single chapter to write a great story. And let's all leverage our lives for the glory of God. Well, can I take a moment and pray for all of our singles at all of our campuses? Can I do that? We love you singles. Next week, we're going to move on into this series. And, just, and again, if you're married, this is, wasn't this applicable even if you're married? And it will be throughout the series. Just a three-part series, so hang in there. Two more. But I want to pray for all our singles at all of our campuses. So let's all stand, and then we're going to worship God. I want to pray for you. 
who are single. Never done this before, so this is the first time in my ministry to ever do this. So I hope this is as special for you as it is for me. Let's pray. God, what a blessing single people are to Christ's fellowship and to the work of Miami to spread the gospel. Lord, I know that they face challenges that can be wearisome, that can be difficult, that can be hard. And yet, Lord, I, I pray that they would take the challenge of the single life and leverage it to do something great for you. I pray that they would, they would leverage the, the, mo- the mobility that they have, the freedom that they have, that they would see this not as an obstacle to get past, but as a window of opportunity to seize. That they'll use this chapter to move their story from good to great. God, I pray for all of us as we write our stories. All of us are. God, that we would find our completeness, our satisfaction, our happiness, In Christ alone. And may we do all that we do for your glory and for your glory alone. Lord, I speak for all of us. We love you so much. We thank you for the way that you love us. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I love you all, Christ Fellowship. God bless you. Let's remain standing now and respond in worship to God. God bless you. What an awesome message we heard by Pastor Rick. If you made a decision to follow after Christ or to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Visit cfmiami.org connect to let us know of your decision. That way we can best connect you and serve you during this time. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.